Yeah, mate, I've got you. Yeah, how are you? Good. Yes, no, sweet, mate. Yeah, so I've got you. Rear pencil in at point guard. I'm penciled in, haven't written in 10 yet. Is that where you want to play? Not like small four or anything. Yeah, point guard. All right, sweet. Yeah, mate, well, if that's where you want to play, that's fine. All right, beautiful. So I can I can book you in for them. All right, sweet. All right, I've got to go, mate. All right, see you, Benny. See you later, mate. Bye. Oh, hey, Sean. <laughs> I didn't see you there, Sean. What's going on? Yeah, get over it. Yeah, so, sorry to interrupt you there, mate. I hope that wasn't too Sorry, important. mate. It's just a call. Yeah, it's just a call, mate. So that'll, it's just with one of the blokes in this team. So we'll see how we go. But All right. <laughs> All right. Well, Shawnee, mate, it only feels like two weeks ago we were celebrating the Boomers' historical bronze medal performance in Tokyo. And, I, mate, I, I still haven't gotten over it. I've done about two videos with Damo. I've been heckled. I've, people have said I've been smoking some illicit substances, probably – something that's on my T-shirt as well, if you can see that. Like, mate, people have said some pretty interesting things since some of the basketball videos are put up, and there's been some good feedback as well. So if you do have some feedback on the previous videos, go check them out. But what's fascinating for Australian basketball, I think Sean now is the next three years leading into Paris because whilst we've reached the highest successes we have at an international tournament, there is going to be a lot of change and development heading into the Boomer squad for Paris. As an example, we know that Joe Ingles and Paddy Mills and even Bainsey, if he chooses to go, chooses to be there, will be closer to 40 than they will be to 30, or they'll be 40 than they will be to 30. So I think uh, Ingles and Mills will be 36, 37-ish, and Baines the same. So their participation in Paris is not 100% guaranteed, which is going to be very interesting coming off the back of a bronze medal, mate. Welcome to you. Welcome to yeah. everyone. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, it was. it's going to be interesting. I think that um, the, the 2020 Olympics were sort of identified as that that sweet spot of, um, yes. in terms of, in terms of the, the boomers roster, you're going to have that good mix of experience with the, the young talent coming through. But um, now that there's sort of looking ahead, as you mentioned, Rob, it's going to be interesting in the direction direction it goes in and um, which players will potentially still be available and what their ability will be like um, in three years' time as well. Yes, mate, 100%. And so I've been working on this video, or the content for this video for about two weeks because it's very hard to identify and basically anticipate the rates of development in a few of the younger players we have both domestically and playing overseas as well. So it's going to be a pretty interesting video. There'll be a bit of controversy in it, and I can't wait to hear some some of the feedback we receive. So if you've got anything, please leave a comment. And if you get any value, please consider liking and subscribing. But we're going to get straight into it. This video, we're going to talk about my squad, with the help of Sean, for the Australian Boomers men's basketball team for the Paris Olympics. So we're going to try and predict that and start right now. So let's get stuck into it, Sean. Be strong. All righty, Rob. So as you mentioned uh, off the top, Paris 2024. Yep. Why yep. don't we kick things off with a few names who you think um, either might not be there or might be there? Like yeah. who's who's sort of who's in, who are the possibilities that um, on that are on the fringe? All right. So I've done a bit of research in this one. This is pretty hard. So that, again, there's a mixture here of young guys that can blossom into national rep players and also guys that have been there that may or may not get to Paris as well. So, Shawnee, I'll reel through them 
and then you can maybe give some feedback, like I'm sure a lot of other people will, about as to the makeup of the possibles. So the first one I've got is Thon Maker, so power forward cool. center. Obviously, obviously, we know NBA talent has represented Australia previously. I think he participated in that game where it was a massive all-in brawl against, against the, the Philippines. Philippines. So, yep. I don't think we've seen so him since, have we? There. No, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm sure all the <laughs> Filipino people in the comments section will let us know who won that fight. But, yeah, so, again, uh, a bit of a stretch power forward. He's currently signed to an is- Israeli team, so I'm not really sure where he will be in three years' time and his availability, but he's a possible, obviously, given his previous levels of talent. The second one I've got, mate, is a guy called Tyrese Proctor. Now, he's a combo guard and he's a youngster. This guy is, I think he's, I think he's 17 at the moment anyway, but I've done a bit of research. Apparently, by the reports from various outlets, he is one of the best potential shot creators that we've seen or developed in this country. So that's a massive rap. A lot of talk about Proctor. I think he's a 2023 NBA draft hopeful. So if the current projections are accurate, he would have, I guess, a season if everything went right in an NBA or whatever it is uh, into the Olympic cycle. Have a look at his highlights on YouTube anyway and see what you think. But I think he's going to be a talented player on the rise. Not sure. I think probably Paris will probably come a bit too soon for him, but have a look at that. The next is Mojave. I think it's Mojave pronounced. Mojave King. Now, this guy's an interesting prospect as well. He wants to play for Australia. Another young, talented guy. But he's not eligible just yet. I think he's got dual Kiwi and United States citizenship. However, he's pledged his allegiance to Australia, so I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there. He's a shooting guard by nature, which I feel like is a need for Australia going forward. I think that we have a, a bit of... We've got a lot of depth at point guard and... But we don't really have much depth, I think, up front at its shooting guard. So he would fill that void. Watch his development over the next couple of years. He is on this Adelaide 36ers on the, in the last year of his next star's contract for 2022, of a, a next year's contract going into the 2022 NBA draft. So watch out for him there. Next one, mate, is uh, Dejan or Dejan Vasilovic. So he is an established player. I think he's Sydney Kings. He's played most of his ball. Just shooting guard outside of Chris Goulding is probably another knockdown shooter who needs to space the floor. So maybe like another Ryan Brockhoff sort of type. You can expect him to fill that role in a few years' time. Shoots a three ball and something that we need. Does he make a 12-man Olympic roster? Not sure. And then, mate, we've got the blokes that have been there before and will they be there again? So we've got Aaron Baines. Don't really need to talk about Bainesy. The problem with him is his age, whether he's going to get there or not. And then... We've got CG43, Chris Goulding. I think he's our mutual favourite, really, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. We love him. We love him. <laughs> I just love we the love swagger him. when he, he, yeah, he, swagger. Hits a, he hits a contested three and then just yeah. cuts back down the court rolling his shoulder. So it, it wasn't the game against the United States. It was the – when was it? It was the quarterfinal game. He hit that three and he started walking back to the bench and he's got the chewy in his, in his mouth. <laughs> and he's like, you know, I hit that boys. Get around me. <laughs> So we love that. I hope he's there for his swagger. But again, I think he'll be about 36 himself. So I'm not sure whether that'll be – those games will be for him. And then we've got Dally as well. So Dally will be 34, but I'm not sure whether he'll be still in favour with the team or not. So obviously everyone loves his grittiness and, and you know, his tenacity, but they've got blokes like, you know, Josh Diddy as well. So I'm not sure, mate, how that'll transpire. Yeah, I think Dalva Dover has sort of dropped off a bit. He obviously had those concussion issues. 
Um, but then when he came back from them, I think he was, even before that, I think he was starting to drop off a bit. Um, but then even in the Olympics, you probably see he probably isn't at the same level that he used to be at, although that has signed with uh, Melbourne United. So yes, might be a yep. chance to maybe rejuvenate himself. Mm. But Baines is actually one I'm a bit worried about. There's, I think mm. there was talk that he might miss this NBA season because of the, the injuries the injury. did to his neck. Interesting. Mate, that's because, and I remember listening to interviews that he was talking, talking to reporters and stuff, and he, how he said he would never say never about another Olympics, but it seemed to me as if he thought it might have been a bridge too far anyway. Yeah, I think 37 is probably pushing it. Like, for, a big, for a big center like that. Like, how, how, like old was, Anderson. how old was Bogut in those last couple of years that he played for Kings? Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. He probably would have been mid 30s himself, I dare say. But. Like, again, so the problem is, like, there was blokes like, I think Bogut would be 36 now, so probably, what, 34 maybe? Yeah. Something like that. But, like, with a big center like that, who's, you know, he's a he's a, a big back-to-the-basket guy, sets screens and stuff. He's not like a Dave Anderson who had that jump shot, turnaround jumper and all that he relied upon. So it will be interesting to see how that transpires, mate. All right, so Ooh. a lot of those names that you mentioned there, Rob, I'm not too familiar with, mm. so I'll, I'll take your word okay. for it. Um, right. <laughs> let's move on to the bench players. Who yes. do you think is going to make okay. that bench? Uh, so this was again pretty tricky, but I don't. I think the names here are right. However, I think there can be a lot of crossover between who starts and who's on the bench. So I'll start with a combo guard in Dante Exum. Dante, I think, will be thirty by the time the next Olympics rolls around. So I think that's still well in his prime. After his Tokyo performance, I think he's a lock. And I'd be surprised yep. if he wasn't playing in the NBA again this season. Mate, his defensive prowess against or defensive effort against Doncic in the bronze medal game was outstanding. Showed a bit of grit towards the basket. So I think he's got to be there. I think so the he'll only, be number one. Yeah, the only question over uh, Dante over the years has been his injury mm. history. Yeah, well, that's whether, true. Yep. Whether that goes up against him. Absolutely. Next one, we've got point guard. I've got Josh Giddy. I've got Giddy on the bench. Obviously, he, he's a lock for this team. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yep. But it's just whether he starts or he's on the bench. So you'll see why he's on the bench when we get to the starting lineup. But he, he'll be there. I don't think there's a question of that. He's obviously Australia's next probably best talented guy we've got at the moment. And then at shooting guard on, off the bench, we've got Josh Green. Again, another NBA perform with the Mavericks. Probably, a, I guess he would be the most true aspect of a, a shooting guard. We'll have about four seasons worth NBA experience by the time Parrish rolls around. So I think he'll be probably close to his prime and he'll be pushing for the starting shooting guard. I actually had him as starting shooting guard, but took him out the last minute just because of another selection. But I definitely think he'll be there and he showed a lot at Tokyo as well. Yeah. Uh, again, on the bench, we've got Joe Ingles. So only over time we would stop Joe being on this team. He'd be 36, I think. But having said that, Joe is versatile in the fact that he can still shoot the ball as a lights-out three-point shooter. So he could transition into that role as being more of a shooter rather than the ball handler facilitator that we've seen in his last couple of Olympics. So I don't think he necessarily has to be at the top of his physical game to still be a factor in Paris. Yeah, I think a lot of these are older guys, particularly um, the the shooters or the long-range shooters. Like You see yeah. him come off the bench, like guys like Kyle Korver. He, he was yes, like, what, exactly, 30, yeah. 37 maybe 36, yeah. 37 by the time he retired. Yeah. And he, he went from team to team, just coming on the bench, you know, yeah. 10 minutes a game, if that. Um, 
just provide provide a bit of uh, offensive mm. prowess. Yeah. Um, so I think Joe could probably fit within that mould as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're right. And like you said, like you don't lose your stroke. The yeah. stroke's still there. So yeah. that's, that's it. And then, uh, so we've got sort of now we're moving into the mid court on the bench and small uh, power forward. We've got Nick Kay. Again, he's a lock. If he, you know, he only 32, 33 in Paris. So you expect him to be there. Probably one of the first people picked for a national team, given his previous, previous performances. He's, he just does everything. He's a glue guy. He's a Swiss Army knife, rebounds, can shoot the ball, defend. So I've got a massive crush on him. So he was always going to be in this team. I was going to say, there's been a bit of um, bit of pushback on oh, some of the feedback oh, we've got with, with Nick Cave oh, from yeah, Steve, I get it. Yeah, and look, I'll address the people now. So <laughs> I feel like if you win a medal, the first medal we've won in international competition, I feel that holds you in higher stead than players that played in the 04, 08 teams that finished ninth and whatever it is. Like, he was a, a key factor in this team. So, like, I don't think you can take that away from him. Obviously, there's a recency bias. I'm not dissing anyone that's played previously, but I just hold him in such high regard given his output. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Fired up about that one. Yeah, I am, man. Yeah, you just, you just lit, you lit the spark. You lit the tinder there beautifully, didn't you? Um, uh, and then, so, backup big man off the bench. You've got Isaac Humphreys. So I think what these Olympics, the previous Olympics in Tokyo showed is you need in the FIBA game a legitimate 6'10 to 7-foot big centre to yeah. play still. It's not like the NBA where you can get away with just shooting the lights out. So Humphreys is that prototypical size and a FIBA player. He's had a few injuries, but he'd be in his prime coming to Paris. And I can't think of anyone else really of his size that probably has an enhanced skill set that would, that would be selected ahead of him. So I think he's a pick there. Uh, for the bench bench big man spot. And then we move into the final bench spot at small forward or power forward. We've got Xavier Cooks. So he is a pretty versatile forward, was selected in like the squad for the Tokyo team and played in the exhibition games and played quite well. I think he just provides that versatility in the front court that they would need and would like. So I feel like he would definitely be the front runner for a sort of a versatile small forward, power forward role on the bench. Again, it sort of depends on the development of other guys, but I feel like he's probably in the box there at the moment. Interesting. Some some big names uh, in that yes. in that list. It's yes. a very strong yeah. strong bench if, yeah, if they do <laughs> if they do run with that. Um, yes. Is there anyone else to add to that? Okay, so there's a wild card selection, Sean, and I'm glad cool. you brought that up. You've obviously read the show notes, which is good. So the wild card selection is a guy called Dyson Daniel. So NBA Global Academy. Same sort of streamlining process as the Josh Giddy type is playing. We'll play in the G League, I believe, this year with Ignite. So he's going to bypass college and go straight. He wants to go straight to the NBA. Touted as a mid-first round sort of high lottery pick in next year's draft. Six-six, long, athletic, defensively minded, can finish, play, make, do all that sort of good stuff. I don't think he's a hopeless chance of making the Boomers squad for the Paris Olympics. And if all goes to plan, he'll have a couple of seasons of NBA experience and he looks like a really good talent. So go check his, his stats out on YouTube. Again, though, he, that would be an extra bench spot than what's currently allocated and would be taking away guard spot from someone else on that roster. But you never know in a few years and with the development and, and the talent this guy has. So look out for him to come. He might but now, Shawnee... He might supplant hey. your, your man, Nick Gay. <laughs> Over my dead body. Okay, well, we'll get to the starting line, Shawnee. Here we go. This is what All we've right. been waiting for. 
All right, so at centre, we have Duop Reef. Now, I alluded to earlier, the there's sort of a lack of depth in Australia's big man stocks. And yeah. he was, I think Duop Reef was really good in the exhibition games. He showed a bit of shooting range. And I feel like he can do a bit of everything. So I think he would be given the first, I guess, the first crack at a starting centre spot. I don't think that's too, I don't think that's too bad. So we'll see how we go there. But Duop Reef made it centre. Where does Reith, where does I don't know much about him. Where does he play? Like, yeah. So he, play? so he was an LSU college player, and now he plays, I think, for Illawarra, Illawarra Hawks in the NBL. So NBL product again. I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a necessarily a negative connotation with NBL anymore. NBL is a, a lot better league than what it used to be. So yeah. I don't think you necessarily, if you're not in the NBA, then you're no good. But I think he would be a good candidate for a starting center spot. Moving on to power four, we've got Jock Landau. No surprises here after his performance. I think he just slots straight in. Hopefully with a couple of seasons of development with the Spurs, I think he will turn into a very good a very good international power forward. I think power forward is his role. Like he can shoot the ball, step away from the basket a bit. So I think that's his role, mate. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, in terms of um, teams you can end up on, you wouldn't um, – I think most people wouldn't yeah. – um, be too upset with landing in San Antonio with the track record Absolutely. they have of uh, developing players, particularly international players. Yep, for sure, 100%. Next, at small forward, I think this is an easier pick as well, given the age of Joe Ingles will be Matisse Thibel. I think this is a lock. Yep. His defensive effort alone gets him picked. He's a, he's a legitimate NBA or first-team defense player. I think he's already been awarded second team, but that'll come. If he can improve his three-point shooting, it's not bad at the moment, but if he becomes more of a knockdown shooter, I think he's going to be a very, very good player. So, again, off his defense and his attitude towards playing for the Boomers gets him picked. I think there's no questions there. Yep. Yeah, he was really good for um, for the Boomers in, in, in Tokyo. And to be honest, I didn't actually know much about him. Um, yeah. I knew, I knew yeah. he played for Philly, but that was about it. Mm. He's, hey, he's a good, interesting character. Yeah, he's one that's sort of like he's not in that. If you think of... Australian players um, in the NBA, and I guess there's a few mm. technicalities with with Matisse specifically, but he's not one that that comes to mind um, straight away. Is he? Loved how he embraced the Boomers culture, and also loved how he threw a boomerang and it hit the American village. So <laughs> that's very good. Go check out his YouTube diary entries; they'll give you an insight into his character. So uh, and then we got shooting guard. So this is a very difficult position. Uh, as I alluded to before, I think there's a bit of a there's a bit of an opportunity for potential shooting guards in Australia to, to take this spot. But I'll put Paddy Mills in there for the moment because I think that Paddy could transition to an off-ball shooting guard at the next Olympics if he still wants to play. And obviously, he would still have the ability to play and be a starting caliber person. We saw Louis Scola play for Argentina and still play pretty well at the previous Olympics. So I still think Paddy will be there. Can, as I said, morph into more of a three-point knockdown shooter off the ball. So somebody can take the pressure of him from you know grinding the ball up the court all the time. So I still think he needs to be there somewhere. Wouldn't yeah. it be surprised to see Josh Green get developed as well? Yeah, I think he's he's a lock to be there. I don't think um, I don't think he's going to be. Despite being thirty six, I don't think retirement will be on the cards. No, I I agree, and it's it would be his choice whether he was there or not. He would not be omitted from no. the squad. So. No. 
Absolutely. All right. So now we got pe- uh, point guards. So <laughs> this is uh, Ben Simmons. So this obviously hinges on whether he wants to play and whether the Australian national basketball team is in his, I guess, interests or in his future. And look, it's completely up to him whether he wants to play or not. Like, don't begrudge him for not wanting to play or if this isn't in his priority because most of his money that sets up his life comes from his NBA contract. So I don't begrudge him at all. But people might say we should have power point guard. And the way I said is Ben Simmons is still the most elite talent we have in basketball currently. He's probably the best defender as well. And again, given his size, he's a mismatch nightmare, particularly in the international game, although we haven't seen him at that level just, just yet. So I think you have to have Ben Simmons there first and then you work back from there. Yeah, I don't think you can question it. I don't. I, if, if Ben um, rocks up to the team and says, yeah, let me play, boys, I don't think they're going to turn him away, are they? Nah, well, look, I, I don't think so, no. <laughs> I think I think you'd probably find a spot for him somewhere just to see just to see what he can do, Shawnee. But that's the team, mate. So give me uh, just a give me a quick appraisal before the masses do. Yeah, well, I mean, it's hard because you're forecasting into the future. I think that um, should things play out in an ideal world, then I think that that starting lineup is probably um, the one that, that will be taken to, to Paris. Um, yeah. Obviously, big question mark is always going to be around Ben Simmons. He hasn't mm. played for the team. Or how often has he played for the team? There's only a few. So, yeah. So, he hasn't played either World Champs or the Olympics. He played against New Zealand in like an Oceania championship when he was very young. It's still at senior level, but that's about it. Yeah. So, I think, unfortunately, it was um, bad timing in the, the NBA mm, season. Yeah, it was. Finished right before the Olympics and then the way that Philly season ended and um, ben Simmons' own performance in mm. in the playoffs, so that was unfortunate. But um, yeah, as you said, Rob, there'll be some question marks around a few a few guys and with their age and whether their skill level still holds up, and and then the younger guys as well, um, whether they develop um, at the at the rate at which you would hope. But I think it's going to be interesting because it's going to be a mix of older guys and younger guys. Yes. I don't mm. think there's yep. going to be many of those guys in sort of their mid, mid-20s mid besides maybe like mm. even a guy like Jock Landau, like he'll be probably mid-20s by then. But, you know, three three years in an NBA, mm. NBA system is probably isn't much compared to, say, guys like Patty Mills and Joe Ingles who by their second and third Olympics would have already been in the NBA for... yeah. Six, seven years. Yeah, mate, 100%. It's going to be very interesting for, for Australian basketball. And and what I do like is that how the boomers try to instill that culture via Patty, like that yeah. real, you know, the basically it was almost like when they returned back to Australia, how they had that gathering with all the former boomers as well. So hopefully that idea of culture and history can propel going forward, like into the, the Landau's re, uh, job reef, Matisse, like all these different players, and hopefully Giddy as well can you know, can really carry that culture going forward. So we'll see how we go. And I, I forgot to mention one. We'll go coach as well. I think I'll give Brian Gorge another run as coach <laughs> if he wants it. So yeah, if Gorge, Gorge wants to go, if he wants to go around again, I think we'll let him. So yeah, we'll see how we go with that. But what I would like to mention is how, and you alluded to it, the, the bench before, how deep the bench would be. Like a second unit of Josh Giddy, 
uh, Green, Josh Green potentially, Ingles, Nick Kay, uh, Corks Humphreys. Well, that's a pretty deep squad, isn't it? Yeah, I think outside of the USA, you're probably not going to have that many yeah. NBA guys coming mm. off the bench. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously there's a fair bit of water going on the bridge, but that's a bit of a recap and a bit of a prediction going into Paris. So, mate, hopefully we'll see uh, see how close we get. And I'm sure the YouTube community will really let me know how I've gone. So I <laughs> appreciate any and all feedback coming. But, mate, thanks for jumping on and giving me a bit of a chop out today. It's, it's hard to do these videos when you're just talking uh, by yourself. So thanks for coming on, mate. Hey, no worries, Rob. You do a good job here. No, thanks very much. All right, well, I might do some NBA some Aussies in the NBA content throughout the NBA season. But until maybe next time, if you get any value, please consider liking and subscribing to the channel. But I guess, mate, until then, we'll uh, see you in the, in the city of love under the Eiffel Tower.